Hello, my name is Tandy. Welcome to Devoted Devotions, the podcast that serves as a supplementary devotional, helping us reflect on our lives and identify the things we need to change in order to be better candidates and representatives for the kingdom of heaven. 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Let's close our eyes as we invite the Holy Spirit to join us. Our Heavenly Father, we bow down before you today and declare that you are the living God in every aspect of our lives. We surrender ourselves to you. Help us hold nothing back. We invite you to rule in every part of our mind, soul, body and spirit. We love you, Father, and we commit to trusting you with our entire being. Help us to deny ourselves in order to take up our cross and follow you. Father, may you pour out your spirit and lead us to all that you have in store for us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. In the previous episode, we looked at worshiping God in spirit and in truth and how we go about doing that and how sometimes worship gets turned into entertainment. Imagine entering the presence of God and your back is facing him because you have not offered your heart and mind to him. And so if you haven't listened to it, I suggest doing so before starting this one. In this episode, we will look at why we should only worship God and take a closer look at how we get tricked into spiritual adultery if we're not careful. Now, when I was still on social media, I noticed a trend, especially on TikTok, that encouraged a lot of new age practices. You might know what I'm talking about if you've been on that app. Things like divination, yoga, astrology, crystals, fortune telling, tarot cards, and manifestation, just to name a few. It felt like these practices were being pushed onto me, almost like it was something cool. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, everyone was doing it. I remember even seeing jokes about it on Twitter, using candle emojis. I mean, I did it too. Even though I didn't understand what it was, and even though I've never manifested, I used those candle emojis like in a joking way. And looking back, I see how God showed me why this was wrong. Because I was co-signing it. I encouraged it. I normalized it. Someone could have seen that and thought, oh, she does it too, so it must be okay. And I had questions about where this whole thing came from, whether it was biblical or not, and whether God approved of it. I had these questions because I saw Christians doing it, but then it was a trending topic on hashtag witch talk. Could it be that Christians and so-called witches could perform the same ritual? This required heavy discernment and prayer because I needed to know the truth. Like something about it felt unsettling. 2 Corinthians 11 verses 14 to 15 warns us that Satan masquerades as an angel of light and his servants have the same ability too. This means that the enemy can use things or practices that look good on the outside, yet they are evil. The word says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He promised the children of Israel the fat of the land. However, when they inherited the land, they forgot him. God doesn't want us to want stuff more than we want him. Do we value stuff more than we love God? Do I want my life to be insta-worthy or do I want to live a life that is pleasing to God? Do you actively pursue a stable relationship with God and make it a priority in your life as much as you would make studying a priority, sending out CVs, trying to get a job? You know, all the effort that you put into those things 
Do you go that hard for God as well? Do you go out of your way to make sure that he is a priority in your life? And these are just questions that I think are important to ask ourselves because then we get to see where we are placing God in a practical way instead of theoretical. We get to see how we're practically applying our relationship with God. If we say, for example, this is just an example, if you have a devotion session before you sleep and someone calls you, do you pick up the call or do you prioritize your relationship with God? Because remember, things that are important to us are things that we give priority. I'm just trying to get us to think about that and consider where we are placing God in our lives. Is he a priority or is he someone that we just fit into our lives whenever it is convenient for us? So let's get into why God is so important. Before the Israelites were given the Ten Commandments, God preceded it by giving them an introduction into the character of the one we are to worship. Exodus 20 verse 2 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. He is a God of deliverance, redemption, and salvation. He made himself known to them by freeing them from captivity. And that's his primary goal despite their many rebellions. We know we are to worship him and him alone because he's the one who frees us from the chains of sin and death. It's so important to have that in mind when we approach this topic. God is the only one who saves us. He's the only one we should acknowledge as God. When we read Exodus 20 verse 14, the focus tends to be on the marital covenant. The command to not commit adultery only applies to married people, right? wrong. The command to not commit adultery is actually tied to the first one. In fact, it's the only commandment that involves a covenant. It's a covenant within a covenant. It's your covenant with your partner and the covenant you have with God. Our society tends to blur the lines between the things of God and things of the earth, but God doesn't. He always makes the distinction between what is his and what is not. See Exodus 11 verses 7. And so if we truly want to be under his protection, we can't do things that are offensive to him, things that he considers an abomination. We need to keep our promises. If we have given our lives to him, we should not have other gods. The same applies to married people. Once you've made that commitment, there is no going back. If you decide to serve God, then serve him. The psalmist advises us to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. He also writes that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. And in order for this to be practical, it means that the word of God becomes the yardstick that we use to measure whether something is good for us or not. This applies to everything, not relying on our own understanding or our own feelings you know because our generation leans towards how things make them feel and the word says that the heart is deceitful above all things which disqualifies it from being the measure of morality that's why it's so important to make the bible your standard the word of god is truth the word of god is consistent our feelings are fleeting 
one day you'll call out wrong behavior in someone but the next you won't because it's no longer convenient to do so or because it's someone that you like someone that you're close to as a child of god you need to be led by the word of god to illustrate this we'll look at two men pay attention to their situation and how it defined their relationship with god as you read about them in your own time i encourage you to introspect first man we'll look at is job most of us are familiar with this account but for the benefit of those who aren't job was a righteous man who was described as perfect in the eyes of god the enemy comes along and says that the only reason job is faithful is because of all the stuff god has given him god then disagrees he lets the enemy take all those possessions and job loses everything except his life on the same day even though he lost everything he never sinned against god and he never stopped trusting god now this is a special account because we get a sneak peek into the spiritual warfare that goes on and the effect it has on the physical world when god proved how faithful job was he restored everything to him twofold knowing that it would not change his character think about it if you were to get everything on your wish list right now your dream car your dream house would your relationship with god stay the same or would you be so inflated and so proud of yourself that you spend the entire day bragging to others about what you have and what you've achieved and having all those things if jesus told you to sell everything that you had and follow him would you i'm asking these questions because it will expose where our priorities lie being wealthy is not a sin the patriarchs were wealthy abraham isaac jacob were wealthy even job was wealthy the word says the love of money is the root of all evil the love of money the value that we place on it is evil especially if we esteem it above god think about these things and how much impact a large sum of money would have on your character and just so we're clear this isn't limited to money i'm just using it as an illustration the second character we will look at is saul the first anointed king of israel who won great victory but lost his way because he stopped obeying the lord when god rejected him because of his disobedience he opted to consult a spirit medium see first samuel chapter 28 saul had so much potential but he just kept on falling short so without laboring too much and narrating the story um, we see that our characters are defined by how we react when things get hot tough and tight what would you do if you lost everything would you still trust god or would you go searching for other things it is written be ye holy for i am holy and when you look at the book of leviticus and deuteronomy it goes into depth about the things that make us unclean impure and unholy i encourage you to read them for your own edification god makes an emphasis on his people being set apart from the nations surrounding them leviticus 20 verses 23 and so god's people aren't allowed to just take part in any rituals they aren't allowed to just eat anything and they aren't allowed to just go to anyone for help doing such things could have them cut off because they are actively choosing not to obey their deliverer and therefore breaking their covenant so if you look up the origins of new age spirituality you'll quickly learn that it actually isn't so new now i don't really want to be using a source that isn't the bible and so I encourage us to be guided by the Holy Spirit and the Word when it comes to this important distinction. 
When you do your research, take a close look at the origins, the definitions they use, and the spiritual beings that they acknowledge and the ones they don't. All I'm going to talk about is the information that the Bible provides on this so that we make correct conclusions aligned to God's will. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 says there is nothing new under the sun. The enemy takes the same lie and dresses it up in modern language so that it sounds new. But if you look at it closely, you'll find that it's very ancient and antichrist and just, you know, plain heresy. God explicitly tells us what kind of practices we are to stay away from in Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 to 12. It says, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, who is a medium or psychic or consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these same detestable practices, does the Lord God drive out these nations before you. Please pay attention to these practices because our society has normalized them now. I remember someone even telling me that I could speak to my mom if I wanted to. And this was literally a day after I lost her. I remember feeling so sad because that was the only thing that I really wanted to do. I knew that my God is against it and I knew my mom herself didn't even believe that. So how could I now go and defile myself with such things? But you know, looking back, I know for a fact that the devil was trying to get me to sin. But you know, I just knew it was Satan speaking because the Bible says that the dead know nothing and I could have been tricked into speaking to demons. But I'm so grateful that God really just protected me from such wickedness. He equates pursuing familiar spirits with adultery. It's spiritual prostitution. Leviticus 20 verse 6. You have a covenant with him and yet you sell yourself off to any deity or spirit that promises to give you what you want. We are to seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. But how can we seek the kingdom if the focus is on me, me, me? What can I get? What's the fastest way to get what I want? With manifesting or asking the universe or whatever, the focus is on materialism and producing the desires of your heart, believing in something other than God to get what you want. Isaiah chapter 14 in the MSG version says that Satan desired to be the king of the universe. He is the prince of this world. And when he comes, we shouldn't have anything to do with him. John 14 verse 30. So when you ask the universe, who are you really asking for things? Because God isn't the universe. God created the universe and he desires us to have eternal life. Joshua puts it very nicely in chapter 1 verses 8 when he tells us that the book of the law should not depart from your mouth. You should meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that is written in it and he will make your ways prosperous and successful. The test is to see whether we can trust God when it feels like he is quiet or will we be like Saul and consult other things for answers. When we trust God, there shouldn't be any room to consult other spirits because then you have defiled yourself. Beware of trend chasers. It's trendy to be spiritual. Everyone wants to be closer to God, but unfortunately, no one wants to change their lives and live for the true king. Taking this into account, I encourage you once more to read the books of the law. 
You can't turn away from sin if you aren't aware of it. Even Paul says, I would not have known not to covet if the word had not told me so. Familiarize yourself with the conduct that God expects from his people so that you don't fall for these traps. The enemy will capitalize on your ignorance. And God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let us not be Christians in name only, but in deed. Let us also know and do what the Lord requires of us, that we may not be destroyed. In closing, we need to always remember who God is in our lives. God deserves the glory, the honor, and the praise. He sent his begotten son manifested in the flesh and bore the sins of the whole world to save us from going to hell when we enter into a covenant with him we can't have any reservations we can't have plan b's and c's and the thing is the difference is so subtle there's such a fine line that if you're not aware of it if you're not in tune if you're not watching out for it then you can slip up because it sounds like prayer it looks like prayer but it's not it looks good because hey i can get what i want but you are moving god and putting something else in its place with crystals you're trusting the crystal to give you positivity health and wealth and all of these things instead of trusting god beware of those practices that remove god and put something else in his place we need to have the faith that job had during his time of affliction and not be like saul who resorted to trusting other things let us not be deceived by the enemy's lousy schemes there is still time if you found yourself partaking in these practices repent the savior is just and merciful to forgive the word is there to correct us and to teach us and lead us in doctrine and in all truth. Dear Jesus, we humbly come to you asking that you might give us the wisdom to discern, the resilience to resist the enemy, and the strength to overcome. May you forgive us for where we fall short. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And so with that being said, this isn't a journey we're on alone. We have to go through it together. Sometimes we stumble because we don't know, but I do encourage you to pray and ask the Creator to show you the way. With that being said, I want to thank every one of you for sharing the previous episode. I really, 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 really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If this message was relevant for you, please help more people get devoted. Like and share. I'd really appreciate you helping get the message out there. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to be discussed, please feel free to drop an email at devoteddevotions311 at gmail.com. From your host, Tandy, thank you for listening. Stay blessed.